Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading is recorded for us in the prophet Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, God's promise that he will make a new covenant with his people, a covenant of forgiveness. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor, and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is recorded for us in Paul's letter to the first letter to the Corinthians, the 11th chapter. For what I received from the Lord, I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite the congregation to please stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel is recorded for us in the gospel of St. John the 13th chapter, the opening scene of the upper room as Jesus washes his disciples' feet and gives them that new commandment. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing now you do not understand, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, 
If I do not wash you, you have no share in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments, he resumed his place. He said to them, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I, then your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I have said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The night before Jesus was arrested, he gave his disciples a new commandment. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And the next 24 hours would show the full extent of that love. Of all the gospel writers, John especially picks up on this important message of God's gracious love, and it would impact John his whole life through. Later in life, as the Holy Spirit guided him, he would write to the church of God, Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, to be clear, John was not always so sensitive to this importance of this divine and sacrificial love. John and his brother James were fishermen with their father Zebedee. And soon after Peter and Andrew left their nets to follow Jesus, James and John were also called to do the same and would follow him. But Jesus would give these sons of Zebedee a different moniker. Sons of thunder is what he would call them. Now, while the Bible never directly tells us why he gave them that nickname, there are a couple of incidences that seem to be a commentary on their strong and stormy temperament. So on one occasion, the sons of thunder zealously put themselves ahead of the others as they approached Jesus with a firm request. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Give us to sit. Grant one at your right hand and one at your left. In your glory... Well, Jesus uses their quest for glory to teach them more about the path that he must go. You do not know what you are asking, Jesus says to them. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Now, they don't even ask what cup or baptism that is. They just confidently say, We are able. 
And Jesus doesn't dispute their boldness. Indeed, it would be a useful trait in the years to come. But neither did he dismiss the path to the cross, not only for himself, but also for them who had to learn to carry their own crosses. So Jesus does say to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. But that situation continues because the ten are awfully upset with James and John, probably for the wrong reasons. They most likely thought that these two had beat them to the punch in the pursuit of greatness among the tribe of Jesus. They all had to learn that true greatness comes from the service of love. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, Jesus told all the disciples. It shall not be so among you. Instead, whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. But that servant attitude is not easy to learn, especially for John, who shows himself to be a person who is quick to rush to judgment. Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. And again, he had to be corrected. Jesus says to John, do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will soon afterwards be able to speak evil of me. Whoever's not against us is for us. But again, not long after that, another storm cloud from John would burst. Jesus has now set his face toward Jerusalem and to the cross. But the path to Jerusalem is going to take them through a Samaritan village. And these Samaritans in this village did not welcome Jesus precisely because he was headed toward Jerusalem. So John would join his brother James in condemning the entire village to the wrath of God. Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Yeah, sons of thunder, huh? But Jesus would rebuke them. He would have to continue to teach them about how the whole mission has been about extending the grace of God's love to all, even to those who are enemies. But the ugliness of anger and wrath, the ugliness of snap judgments and divisions, even the threat of force, it's not just a problem for John. It haunts all our lives and certainly become far too common in our own time. How quickly we are to divide the forces, us and them, all too common for us to use any tool available from power to shame just to get our way. There's only one remedy, and that is the path of sacrificial love which Jesus followed. Only through the cross and the resurrection does it become clear 
that God's love has no bounds, that Jesus' loving sacrifice is not to be restricted, but is meant to be brought to all nations, to all peoples, for the healing by grace. That brings us to this night. The night when Jesus' betrayal is at hand. He extends his love to his disciples, even to the betrayer. He washes their feet. Later on, he calls them to trust that he is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. In the upper room, as Jesus is talking with his disciples, he invites them to be the branches that remain connected to him, the vine, so that in him they could bear much fruit. And that night he shares a meal with them, transforming the Passover remembrance into a meal of grace and forgiveness. A meal that he continues to share with us even today. And in the upper room, he reminds his disciples that even when the dark storms of judgment, even persecution descends on them, it is love that wins. The grace of his love is stronger than all of these. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And that love would break through this son of thunder, as he draws closer to Jesus in a greater faith. Yes, that night in the garden, John too would be scattered with the other disciples as they run from fear when Jesus is arrested. And yet John, he dares to use his connections in order to get himself and Peter into the courtyard of the high priest as the trial of Jesus begins. And then later that day, John, the beloved disciple, well, he would even go with some of the women to the foot of the cross. And at the cross, one of the more touching scenes is found in the midst of the horror that is playing out. A scene that comes quickly and quietly. Jesus would look down from his cross to his own mother and say, woman, here is your son. And to John, here is your mother. And there at the cross, in just a brief moment, a new community of love is created. Grace bringing people together. Even as Jesus' mother Mary was deprived of her son in death, she is now joined together with John as a new family. And the church is to be that family of love as well, receiving and sharing the love that knows no bounds. And somewhere in the midst of all of this, it finally sunk into John. Beyond all the stubbornness and hard-heartedness that plagued his life, he comes to know and to believe that this crucified love is the message of the gospel. And this loving grace transformed the heart of John so that again by the Spirit he would write the clearest definition of love. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. 
and the new commandment that Jesus had given in the upper room would extend through John as he echoes it. This is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as He has commanded us. This gracious love would bring the early church together. This gracious love would empower the church and continues to empower the church in its faithful witness. Unfortunately, we all know that even within the church, there can be loveless words and actions. It can be, it can be far easier to claim love for God than it is to demonstrate that love to others. John would remind us, Those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from Him is this, Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. And again, John would remind us of the lengths that Jesus went to with His love for us and how it transforms us. By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And it's not just some sort of heroic in the moment kind of love, but a love that is filled with simpler actions, of simply caring for physical needs. If anyone has the world's goods, and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. To love in deed and in truth, sacrificially, laying down our goods and our lives for our brothers and sisters. That sacrificial love is a high calling. And there are many times when we simply don't demonstrate this love of God even among the brothers and sisters of the church, let alone the world. Which is why it always comes back to Jesus. My little children... I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our, ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so we join John and the other followers of Jesus as he makes his journey to the garden and to the cross. He faces the suffering and the trial in love for all. And with that love for all, he takes up the cross where he prays that love may come even to those who are his enemies. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus' love is truly unbounded. And His love is the amazing grace given to us 
and it is for the healing of the whole world. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.